Hello, this is Chris from We Hate Bards. I'd just like to thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you like what you hear, we have plenty of more podcast material on iTunes, or you can check our website at wehatebardspodcast.com. If you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you want to join any of our games, you can look us up on Meetup at We Hate Bards. Membership is always free, and we have games going pretty much all week. If you want to support us and throw a little coin our way, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash wehatebards. Backers will receive early release podcasts and custom content, including homebrew games, custom modules, and more. So thanks again for listening. And now, on to the podcast. Greetings, this is Chris from We Hate Bards, and welcome to another solo quest uh, with me, and myself, and nobody else, because it's just me. Uh, today we're going to be playing uh, Death Trap Dungeon, another fighting fantasy game book. Uh, previously we played The Forest of Doom, but this time uh, we're going to be playing uh, Fighting Fantasy Book 6, uh, Death Trap Dungeon. I have actually the book in front of me, and it is the old copy released in... When were you released, little guy? Uh, I think like 1980-something. 84. Ooh, okay, so this is a good one. Okay, it's written by Ian Livingston, or Livingstone. Um, yeah, and I've already made out my character. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to bore you with that. So uh, his name is Alphonse the Mighty. Skill 10, stamina 22, luck 8, and eh, not so lucky. Uh, 10 provisions, potion of strength, and uh, that's it. So let's get right into this, folks. Um, so there is, there is a fairly long background. There is like pages upon pages of backgrounds. So they're really setting the scene here. So let's get this started out. <laughs> so despite its name, Fang was an ordinary small town in the northern province of Chiang <laughs> Mai. All right. I haven't read any of this, but I apologize. This is from the 80s, so if any of this is completely racially insensitive, bordering on, like, horribly racist, um, uh, take it up with Ian Livingston. Um, uh, Chiang, Mai, Chiang Ma, situated on the banks of River Kok. <laughs> no, you didn't. It's K-O-K, but River Kok. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm five years old. It'll be alright. Situated in the River Cock, it made a convenient stopover for river trails and pastures throughout most of the year. A few barges, rafts, and sometimes even a large sailboat uh, could usually be found moored at the Fang. But all that was long ago, before the creation of the Trial of Champions. Now once a year, the river is crammed with boats. People arrive from hundreds of miles around, hoping to witness the breaking of an ancient tradition in Fang, and see a victor in the Trial of Champions. On May, on, on 1st May each year, wars and heroes come to Fang to face the test of their lives. Survival is unlikely, yet many take the risk. For the price is great, a purse of 10,000 gold pieces and the freedom of uh, Chiang Mai forever. Or Chiang Mai forever. Ch Chiang Mai forever. However, to become champion is no easy task. Some years ago, a powerful baron of Fang called Sukumvint decided to bring attention to his town by creating the ultimate contest. With the help of the townspeople, he constructed a labyrinth deep in the hillside behind Fang, from which there was only one exit. The labyrinth was filled with all kinds of deadly tricks and traps and loathsome monsters. Sukumavit 
had designed it in meticulous detail so that anybody hoping to face a challenge would have to use their wits as well as their weapon skill. When he finally uh, satisfied all that was complete, he put his labyrinth to the test. He put ten of his finest guards and fully armed. They marched into the labyrinth. They were never seen again. The tale of their ill-fated guards soon spread throughout the land, and it was then the Sukumvit that it was that Sukumvit announced the first trial of champions. Messengers of new sheets carried his challenge, ten thousand gold pieces, and the freedom of Chang Mei Mai forever to any person surviving the perils of the labyrinth of the Fang. The first year, seventeen brave warriors attempted the walk, as it was later came to be known. No one reappeared. As the years passed, and the trial champions continued, attracted more and more challengers and spectators. Fang pro uh, prospered and would prepare itself months in advance for the spectacle it hosted each May. The town would be decorated, tents erected, dining halls built, musicians, dancers, fire eaters, illusionists, and every sort of entertainer hired, and entries registered from hopeful individual attempt to making the walk. This sounds very much like something uh, Matt would do uh, if he was running a campaign, or if I was running a campaign and he was in it, um, he would turn a dungeon into a giant thing to make money. Uh, we've done multiple occasions, so it sounds very much like uh, you the Baron. Uh, everybody sang, drank, danced, and laughed until the uh, uh, the day was broke on May 1st when the town thronged to the gates of the labyrinth to watch the first challenger of the year step forward to face the trial of the champions. Having seen one of Sukhumvit's challengers nailed to a tree, you decide uh, that this year you will attempt the walk. For the last five years, you have been... Oh my goodness, there's so much exposition. You've been attracted to it. Not for the reward, but for the simple fact that nobody has ever emerged victorious from the labyrinth. You intend to make this year, make the, the year in which a champion is crowned. Gathering up a few belongings, set off immediately. Two days' uh, walk takes you west to the coast, where you enter the cursed port Black Sand. Wasting no time in that city of thieves, you buy your passage in a small boat sailing north to the River Cock, uh, where the River Cock meets the sea. And from there, you take a raft uh, upriver for four days until finally you arrive in Fang. The trial begins in three days' time, and the town is in an almost hysterical mood of excitement. You register your entry with the officials, and you are given a violet scarf to tie around your arm, informing everyone of your status. For three days, you enjoy Fang's greatest hospitality and are treated like a demigod. During the long merriment, you almost forget your purpose in Fang, but the evening before the trial, the magnitude of the task ahead begins to dominate your thoughts. Later, you are taken to a special guest house and shown to your room. There is a splendid four-post bed with satin sheets to help you rest, but there is little time left for sleep. Just before dawn, a trumpet calls awakens you from the vivid dreams of flaming pits and giant black spiders. Minutes later, there's a knock on your door, and a man's voice rings out loudly. Your challenge begins soon. Please be ready to leave in ten minutes. You climb out of bed, walk over the window, and open the shutters. Already, people are thronging in the streets, moving quietly through the morning mist. Spectators on their way to the labyrinth, no doubt, hoping to find a good vantage point from which to watch the competitors. You turn away and walk over the wooden table in which your trusty sword lies. You pick it up and cut the air with a mighty sweep, wondering what beast at sharp edge we soon have to meet. Then you open the door into your corridor. A small man with slanted eyes greets you with a low bow as you emerge from the bedroom. Please follow me, he says. He turns to his left and walks uh, quickly toward the stairs at the end of the corridor. Leaving your guest out, he darts down a narrow alleyway between houses, and you have to walk quickly to keep up with him. Soon you come into a wide dirt road lined with cheering crowds. When they see your violet scarf, they cheer even louder and start showering with flowers. The long shadows cast by the people in front of you shrink as the bright yellow sun rises higher in the morning sky. Standing there in front of the noisy and vibrant crowd, you feel strangely alone. 
aware of your coming ordeal. Suddenly, you feel a tug on your shirt, and you see a small guide eagerly beckoning you to follow him. Ahead, you see a looming hillside and the dark mouth of a tunnel disappearing into the inner depths. As you get closer, you notice that two great stone pillars on either side of the tunnel entrance. The pillars are covered with ornate carving, writhing serpents, demons, deities, each seeming to scream a silent warning to those who would pass beyond them. You see Baram Sukumvint himself standing by the entrance, waiting to greet the contenders in the trial champions. You count five others standing proudly in line, their violet scarf displayed for all to see. There are two bare-chested barbarians dressed in furs. They stand completely motionless, legs straight and slightly apart, arms thrust forward to the rest on their hilts of their long, double-headed battle axes. A sleek elven with golden hair and feline green eyes is adjusting the cross belt of daggers wrapped around her leather tunic. Of the two remaining men, one is covered from head to foot in iron plate armor with a plumed helmet and crested shield. The other is cloaked in black robes, only his dark eyes showing between the swath of his black face scars. Long knives, a wire garrote, and other silent death weapons hang from his belt. Ooh, that's a nasty fellow. We're about to get rid of him. The five contenders acknowledge your arrival with almost imperceptible nods of the head, and you turn to face the exuberant, exalted crowd for the last time. Suddenly, a hush falls over the crowd as Baron Succumvit steps forward holding six bamboo sticks. You draw one from the altruist hand and read the word fifth. Then the trial begins. Alright, that was a hell of a lot of, like, nine minutes long of exposition. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, and there's more! There's more on the next page! Oh, the knight is first. He salutes the crowd before disappearing in the tunnel and is followed half an hour later by an elf. Next goes the barbarian and then the dark assassin. Now it's your turn to salute the crowd. Holding your violet scar aloft, you take one pound deep breath of cool fresh air turning to pass between the stone pillar gateway into Succumvit's quarter of power to face unknown perils on the walk through the mighty baron's death trap dungeon. Dum dum dum! Now turn over. That is some crazy amount of exposition for basically like, there's a dungeon and uh, you gotta do it because you wanna do it and get famous, yo. Alright, whatever. But Alphonse Mighty is, he is hot trot. He has a stamina 22 and a strength skill of 10, so he is ready to, to, to cut some fools up. Uh, yeah, let's go. The clamor of the excited spectators gradually fades behind you as you venture deep into the gloom of the cavern tunnel. Large crystals hang from the tunnel roof at 20 meter intervals, radiating a soft light just enough for you to see your way. As your eyes gradually become accustomed to the near darkness, you begin to see movement all around. Spiders and beetles crawling up and down the chisel walls disappear quickly into cracks and crevices as they sense your approach. Rats and mice scurry along the floor ahead of you. Droplets of water drip into small pools with an eerie plopping noise which echoes down the tunnel. The air is cold, moist, and dank. After walking slowly along the tunnel for about five minutes, you arrive at a stone table standing against the wall to your left. Uh, it's standing against the wall to your left. On it, there are six boxes, one of which has your name painted on it. If you wish to open the box, turn page 270. If you were to continue walking north, page 66. All right, I'm calling it here. This is going to be some, some, some epic level nastiness here and like in complete and utter just you know gygaxian you know what's this thing do you pull on it and it blows your hand up oops um you know you do it the other way to blows your other hand up it does nothing it's a hand blowing up lover uh stuff like that so let's get this start out right let's see what's in the box what's in the box okay 
Uh, the lid of the box lifts off easily. Instead, you find two gold pieces and a note written on a small piece of parchment addressed to you. After placing the gold in your pocket, you read the pet. Oh, so I have, I actually have a thing on my, uh, sheet that says gold. So, two gold. Uh, says, well done. At least you have the sense to stop and take advantage of a token aid given to you. Now I can advise you that you will need to find and use several items you hope to pass triumphantly through my death tap dungeon. Signed, Sukumvit. Memorizing the advice in your note, you tear it into tiny pieces and continue along north uh, along the tunnel. Turn to page 66. Ooh, so Alphonse is kind of a dick. Doesn't want anybody else to see what he's got. Uh, but he isn't a big of a jerk just to like open up all the other boxes as well. So, turn to page 66. 66. After walking down the tunnel for a few minutes, you come to a junction. A white arrow painted on one wall points west. On the floor, you can see wet footprints made by those entering before you. It is hard to be sure, but it looks as though three of them follow the direction of the arrow, while one decided to go east. If you wish to head west, turn to page 293. If you wish to go east, turn to page 119. Hmm. 119. Let's let's follow the other one. You know, all those other people are going that way. Uh, let's go that one. Ahead of you, you can see a large obstruction on the tunnel floor. Although it's too dark to make out exactly what it is, the wet footprints you have been following carry on towards the obstruction. If you want to continue east, go to page 56. If you'd rather go back to the junction, head west, turn to page 293. Yeah, nah, we're committed. 56. We're going to keep walking. Okay. Uh, you, you see uh, that the obstruction is a large brown boulder-like object. You touch it with your hand and are surprised to find it soft and spongy. If you should try to climb over it, turn to page 373. If you wish to slice it open with your sword, turn to page 215. Ooh. Oh, boy. This is this could go any number of bad ways. Soft and spongy. Huh. I'm going to slice it with my sword. 215. I, I'm, I'm thinking it's a giant monster, and it's going to attack me. Uh... Your sword easily pierces the thin outer casing of a giant spore ball. A thick brown cloud of spores burst out of the ball and envelop you. Some of the spores stick to your skin and start to itch terribly. Great lumps come up for your faces and arms. Your skin feels as if it is on fire. Lose two stamina. Frantically scratching your itchy lumps, you step now over a deflated spore ball and head to page 13. I told you, epic level bullshit. Uh, alright, stamina down to 20. Bullshit. BS. Okay. Turn to page 13. All right. Ooh. It's also got like the really uh, sweet pictures that uh, that these old books do, which are kind of crazy. The tunnel makes a sudden turn to the left and head north as far as you can see. The footprints you are following start to peter out as the tunnel becomes gradually drier. Soon you are beyond the dripping roof and the pools on the floor. You notice the air becoming hotter and you find yourself panting even though you're walking quite slowly. In a small recess on the left-hand wall, you see a section of bamboo standing on its end. Lifting it down, you see this filled with clear liquid. Your throat is painfully dry, and you feel a little dizzy from the heat in the tunnel. If you wish to drink the liquid, turn to page 147. If you do not want to risk drinking the liquid, or they continue north, turn to page 182. <sighs> Thirsty! Let's drink it! Let's see what it is. It's probably poison going to kill me. This will be the shortest one ever. Okay. Uh, the water of the bamboo pipes is, is welcomely refreshing. Add one stamina point. Ooh, okay. I can do that. So, 21. Okay. 
Uh, it also contains a magical solution which enables you to be exposed to melting point temperatures without harm. Discarding the bamboo, you start up north again in good spirits. Turn to page 182. Oh, so I can, uh, it also contains a magical solution which enables you to be exposed, exposed to, let's go right, hot. Turn to page 182. I'm guessing that if uh, you don't do it, you're going you're gonna to fry. Okay. The temperature continues to rise. You find yourself dripping with sweat. As you struggle on, the heat intensifies and it feels like white heat and becomes so unbearable you begin to pass out. If you drank the liquid from the bamboo pipe, turn to page 25. If you did not drink, turn to page 242. I did drink, so let's go to page 25. Yeah, I drank it. Go, 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 go. Although the temperature in the tunnel is higher than you could possibly tolerate, the liquid from the bamboo pipe keeps you alive. Turn to page 197. All right. Yeah. Alright. Mercifully, the temperature now starts to drop rapidly, and soon it feels almost cool again. On the left-hand side of the tunnel is a closed door. It has a small iron plate in it, which might possibly slide open. Will you try to open the door, try to slide the iron plate, continue to go to the tunnel? Uh, let's open this. Let's turn to the slide the plate. Let's not just go in there. Let's see. Let's, let's, let's see what's in there first before I go in and, and like start wrecking up the place. Uh, the small plate slides open easily. You find yourself peering into a room with a deep pit in the floor beyond the door. On the opposite wall, there are two iron hooks, on one of which hangs a coil of rope. If you wish to open the door, jump over the pit and take the rope. Turn to page 288. If you'd rather continue north along the tunnel, take to page 326. Ooh. Ooh. I have a feeling that rope's going to be very important. So we go to 208, and we try to get that rope. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, so the door swings open into the room, and you step back and jump over the pit. You put the rope in your backpack and jump back over the pit and leave the room and head north. Oh, well, that was easy. I thought it was going to be uh harder or like, you know, it's like make a skill check. If you don't, you fall to the pit, and in the bottom is like a bunch of spikes. Sure, whatever. I'll take the rope. Throw it down. Turn space 326. Let's do this. No problems. Okay. Although you see the tunnel turning sharply to the left, you turn the corner and almost bump straight into two fierce-looking orcs, armed with morning stars and wearing leather armor. You are totally unprepared, and as you draw your sword, one of them swings its morning star. You roll one die. Ugh. Uh, if you roll one or two, turn to page ninety-one. Three or four, turn to page ninety-nine. Okay, so I got it. I got. I got to Okay, this is interesting. Two. So if you roll one to two, turn to page ninety-one. Okay. The orc's morning star thuds into your arm, knocking your sword to the floor. You must fight them barehanded. Reduce your skill by four for the duration of the combat. Force of the tunnel is too narrow for both the orcs to attack at once. Uh, fight them one at a time. Oh, this is some epic level bullshit. All right, uh, all right. So now we gotta fight them. Uh, so all right, so so that's six plus seven plus six is thirteen. 8 plus 5, 13, so no damage on both of us. Oh, this is this is terrible. Oh, because basically, uh, yeah, they, they do damage to me. They do two points of damage, so I'm just going to keep track of it right here. So 21, so 19, uh, uh, 8, I do two points of damage to him. Stupid, stupid orc, I hate you. Uh, 
seven, like two points of damage to him. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I just I start pounding him. I give him the right cross, and then I just work that body till like you those ribs just turn into jelly. Alright, and I turn the points in the next one. I'm like I'm like, you're next. Alright, unfortunately he has the same skill as I do. Uh that's seven plus seven eight. Ooh, do two points of damage to him. And I'm like I'm like I'm like, hey, what's that? He's like He's like, what? And I'm like, boom, right to the face, break that nose, and then when he goes down, I just stomp on him till, you know, his head caves in. Oh yeah. So that wasn't actually too bad. I I did kill them and I'm I'm super pissed about it. If you win, turn to page two fifty seven. Oh my goodness, how dare you? How dare you? Okay. Okay. Uh I didn't lose any uh, I didn't lose any stamina for that. Um Okay, inside one of the orcs' pockets, you find one gold piece and a hollow wooden tube. You put your findings in your backpack and set off west. Okay, so I have a hollow wooden tube and another gold piece. Ding! Okay, uh, head western to page 164. Okay, okay. As you walk along, droplets of water again start uh, falling from the tunnel ceiling. You see wet footprints made by the same boots that you followed earlier heading west. The footprints lead to a closed iron door in the right-hand wall of the tunnel. But I seem to go any further. If you wish to open the door, turn to page 299. If you would rather keep going west, turn to page 83. Let's investigate, because these guys are not only, you know, my bad guys, but they're also the competition. There can be only one champion of champions. Okay. The door opens to a large chamber where you are shocked to see one of your rivals, who has obviously met such a sudden and gory death. Ugh. Is one of the barbarians, he's impaled on several large iron spikes, which are fixed to a frame that has sprung out of the floor. A lot of rubbish and debris litter the floor, concealing a hidden tripwire which he must have stepped on, and thus released the spiked frame. In the far wall is an alcove in which you can see a silver goblet standing at a small table. Will you... Walk over and search the barbarian. Walk to the alcove. Close the door to the west. Uh, let's search the barbarian. See what he's got on him. He might have something. He might have something helpful. Uh, the pouch of the barbarian's belt is empty, apart from some strange-looking dried meat wrapped in a cloth. Will you eat the dried meat? Uh, leave the meat and walk over to the alcove. If you're not done so already. Um, I mean, it's obviously. Let's eat the dried meat. I mean, he obviously had it for a reason. So 226. It's probably poison. It's going to kill me. Uh, The meat contains herbs which will increase your strength. Add 3 to your stamina score. You may either... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So back up 220. Back up 22. Back up to tops. All right. Back up to tops. Alphonse is tip top. You may either walk over to the alcove if you have not done so earlier, or leave the chamber. Um, let's walk over to the alcove. Let's see what's going on with that silver chalice. It's probably a trap, but, you know, whatever. Uh, you walk slowly to the alcove, carefully checking the floor for more hidden traps. You see that the goblet contains a sparkling red liquid. We drink the liquid. Uh, oh my goodness. Ooh. Ooh, you know what? Let's do it. Let's drink it. 98, let's drink it. Guzzle, guzzle. Lifting the goblet, releases a sprung catch, and a dart shoots out of the wooden table leg. T 
test your luck. If you're lucky, turn to page this. If you're unlucky, okay, so I have to roll 2d dice and roll under my luck, basically. I, I'm not lucky. I got an 8, so... 7. I tested my luck. Alright. Uh, if you're lucky, turn to page 105. Okay. Your reflexes are sharp, and you quickly jump aside. The dart whistles past, only just missing you, and thud the opposite wall. See the goblet lying on the floor and the red liquid running away in rivulets on the gray stone. Uh, at least the goblet may be of use. So you put it in your backpack. If you have not done so already, you may walk and search the barbarian. Otherwise, leave the chamber. So I have a, uh, what, silver goblet. Otherwise, uh, turn to page 83. Okay, let's turn to page 83. I'm waiting for, like, the thing, like, the pit trap where you die. Uh, is it turn to page 83? Yeah, turn to page The passage soon leads to a junction. You notice more footprints on the floor, possibly as many as three pairs leading north from the south passage. You decide to follow them. Turn to page 37. Yeah, because the barbarian didn't make it. Ooh. The passage opens to a wide cavern, which is dark, uh, darker but much drier. As you see, footprints gradually fade and disappear. There's a large idol in the center of the cavern, standing approximately six meters high. Uh, it has jeweled eyes, each as big as your fist. There are two giant, stuffed-like bird creatures standing on either side of the idol. If you wish to climb the idol and take the jewel, turn to page 351. If you wish to walk through the cavern to the tunnel on the opposite wall, turn to page 223. Um, it's a giant idol, and I'm going to say that Alphonse is a little bit sketchy about this. Um, that, you know, stealing a cup off a thing is one thing. Taking the idols out of a, out of a, a god idol statue is, that's bad mojo. We don't want to do that. Uh, so we walk through the opposite tunnel, page 239. We don't want to, we don't want, we don't want to bother. Uh, is it 239? Yeah, 239. Uh, not much farther down the tunnel, you come to a closed door on your left. Putting your ear to the door, you listen intently, but you hear nothing. If you wish to open the door, turn to page 102. If you wish to keep walking more, turn to page 344. We're going to open that door and get ambushed. Uh, you enter a dark, you enter a room which is small and completely empty. As soon as you're inside, the door slams shut behind you. Suddenly, a voice booms out of nowhere, shouting, Welcome to Deathrap Dungeon, the ingenious killer labyrinth of my master. Adventurer, I trust you will pay your respect to my master by shouting out his name. What will you say? Uh, hail suck of it. Um, uh, let's do 133. Yeah, because he's, he's the boss's dungeon. Ah. Uh, okay. Once again, the mysterious voice calls out, Only this time is a tone full of contempt and derision. So we have a sniveling weed in our midst, do we? Sneers the voice. My master has a special gift for you, loathsome creep. Suddenly, water starts pouring into the room through a hole in the ceiling. It soon rises above your ankles, and there is no apparent way of escape. You wait at the back door. It is firmly locked. But in desperation, you try ramming it with your shoulder. Roll two dice. If the total is the same or less than your skill score, Patriot says 78. If total is greater than your skill score, 17. All right, this might be for all the marbles, folks. Eight. Okay, so it's less. 178. Ooh, what's going on in this dungeon? I don't trust these people. Uh. Okay, so uh, if the total is same or less than your skill score, 178. Okay. The door cannot withstand the fierce battering you are giving it. The center panel cracks and splinters enables you to kick a hole large enough for you to squeeze through. Wet but happy to have survived your deal, you set off north again. Turn to page 344. Huh. Interesting. That's, that's, uh, that's, I mean, 
an interesting thing about uh this game is that you it's like you have a thing but there's no way to know like what it does or like if it's trapped or anything like that it's like you have this thing it's a door what do you want to do and like it's like well it's mostly guesswork so i mean that's you know it doesn't really give you any tells of like what to do it's mostly guessing uh and some of it is a, a bit different like the force of doom had a more exploration kind of feel to it this is like you know just do you press the button or not you have no idea what it does course you're gonna press it the tunnel twists and turns but keeps steadily north ahead you see a thin shaft of blue light streaming down from the ceiling of the floor it sparkles and shimmers you see the images of laughing face in the light if you wish to walk through the light turn to page 299 if you'd rather walk around the light turn to page 107 uh we're gonna walk around the light that's some magic bad stuff um 107 right uh, you come to an arched doorway set in the right-hand wall of the tunnel. The heavy stone door is closed, but there's an iron latch and a round handle. If you wish to try the door, turn to page 168. Instead, if you wish to continue along the tunnel, turn to page 267. We are going to try and open the door. See what's in there. It's got to be something. Oh, no. That's a super gross picture. Uh, okay. Uh, lifting the latch and pushing the heavy stone door open, you find yourself in a large cavern. The light is dim and murky, but as your eyes begin to adjust, you see the walls are covered in green algae and running with moisture. The floor is strewn with straw. The atmosphere is warm, damp, and fetid, and the soft humming sound fills the air. You step gingerly through the straw towards the corner of the cavern, which appears to be a shallow pit. Peering wearily into the pit, you are disgusted to see a mass of pale, writhing worms, um, some as much as half a meter long. Utterly nauseated, you're about to turn away when you notice there is an undulating body that's swung out a dagger, its point held fast in the crack in the pit floor. The hilt is cased in black leather studded with opals, and the blade is fashioned with a strange reddish black uh, burnished metal that you've never seen before. You long to touch the dagger, but this would mean plunging your hand among the writhing worms. Do you reach for the dagger, or back away in disgust and leave the cavern? Oh, we gotta get that dagger, we gotta get that dagger. We gotta get that dagger. Alphonse didn't join the thing of champions not to get that dagger. Come on, get that dagger. Do you wish to reach the dagger? Turn to page 94. We're gonna lose our hand. It's gonna be screwed. Um, okay. Uh, taking a deep breath, you lean over the pit and plunge your form to the mass of ringing worms. They are cold and clammy and feel extremely nasty, but at least they are harmless, and you are able to see the dagger by the hilt. You give it a hard tug and comes away from the crack in which you it was embedded. Marrying its beauty and wondering whether it might have once belonged to some lucky contestant, you put the opal-studded dagger in your belt and leave the cavern. So, uh, opal-studded dagger. Turn to page 174. And now I'm going to get, like, ambushed by somebody. Don't like it. <laughs> As you make your way back to the doorway, the buzzing sound increases in intensity as you look around desperately to discover where it's coming from. Glancing up in the nick of time, you see a huge and grotesque black shape of a giant fly Ooh. Uh, emerging from the uh, recesses high up in the cavern wall. Ugh. As it gets closer, you realize that it was at least uh, one and a half meters long. Its opal wings vibrate, making the sickening buzzing noise you can hear. And its body, it is black hairy legs are poised to grasp your body. Below its most facet eyes, a long, shiny black uh, proboscis, uh, which darts in and out venomously. You have stolen the giant fly treasure from a brood of maggots, and you must take the consequences. Test your luck. If you're lucky, turn to page 39. If you're not unlucky, turn to page 350. Come on, let's get lucky. Turn to page 39. 
Ooh. Okay. You manage to evade to evade the outstretched legs of the giant fly. Stepping back, you draw your sword and prepare to fight the hideous insect as it turns to attack you again. Ooh, this is a nasty one. Skill of seven. Okay. Oh. Ooh. I still beat it though. Ooh, I do two damage. It's got eight stamina though. That's a that's a bulky fly. Uh another two damage. Ooh. Okay, that's okay, that's eight. Plus 7, 15, 6, that's 16. I still do 2 damage. Oof. So, oof. I'm cutting this fly down. Oh, yeah. And then I, I, just, I just, I jump on it. Just soared right to the hilt in its face. Just like, juicy mass goes down. Take that fly. If you win, turn to page 111. Yeah, I'd escape and I kill it. I kill it. I'm starting to get really nervous because I'm doing well again and I'm afraid that like things are going to go bad and something's going to fail a check and die. You wipe the vel the yellow slime from the blade of your sword and walk quickly to the door back to the tunnel head north. Turn to page 267. Oh, you don't even look at anything. I was just like, yeah, this is done. He's done. Back to the back to the dungeon. Alright, 267. Let's see where we're going here. Okay. The tunnel ends shortly at a junction. Looking left and and right, you see a narrow patch disappearing in the dim distance. If you wish to head west, turn to page 62. If you head east, turn to page 68. Uh, let's go west, 352. Let's see where that goes. Okay, was the rest of 352? Uh, yeah. Ahead of you, you hear the sound of rocks being ground and crushed. The noise goes louder, and suddenly you realize that the wall on your right is starting to collapse. Terrified, you watch a large, hideous, worm-like creature with gasping mouth and extremely powerful mandibles uh, slithers through the rock in the wall. Its great growls continue to crunch the rock as it turns its head slowly from side to side, feeling the cool air in the tunnel. It appears to be totally blind, but seems to know your presence, perhaps sensing the heat of your body. It starts to slither towards you uh, with its mandibles wide apart to attack. If you wish to fight the rock grub, turn page... Uh, 254. Let's fight it. Come on. Let's go, boy. Okay. You draw your sword and advance slowly towards the huge slimy rock grub. Okay, so it's got a little bit more stamina, uh, skill and stamina than this. Actually, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quite ballsy opponent. Okay. So that's, ooh, that's 7, 17, 11, oh, 18. Uh, got me. Oh, that's not good. It's not good, folks. Oh, that's not good. I'm, I'm not doing good, folks. It's cutting me. Hold on, that's 3, 13, 7, plus 7, 14. It's getting me by one point. There we go. Now it's time to cut it down. Just get, just get, get, get a little taste of blood first. A little taste of blood, and then, uh, let's see, 7, and it got 7. See, so yeah, I cut it. See, I, I, see, I, 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 I'm just not good till I get a little taste of blood in me. Ooh, Max, yeah. Once, once, once I get a taste of the blood, that's when. So that's six. Ooh, six plus seven, thirteen, three, fourteen. Ooh, I actually do damage. Yeah. See, I got a little bit more skill than it, but uh, I've been rolling like horrible. So eight, nine, ten. That's five, five. Yeah, I, I kill it. I kill the rock grub. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to uh, eat one of my revisions. Yeah, gonna do that. Uh, 
boost that, boost that. I'm gonna, sit, gonna sit down in my giant pile of rot grub mess. I'm just gonna, you know, eat a loaf of bread. Make myself get that, get that stamina back up. So, in fact, I'm gonna write down, uh, cause I don't want, I don't want to mess with my original stamina. I'm just gonna put it up here. Okay. If you win, turn to page 76. Okay. You step around the great bulk of the dead rock grove and peer in the darkness of a borehole. You can see only a few meters, but are able to make out that it inclines slightly and is wet from the secreted slime of the rock. If you wish to explore the borehole, turn page 317. Oh, I were not, no, no problem. Get up in that hole. Get back in that hole. We're going with 317. Okay. Tapering the side of the borehole with your sword, you tread your way blindly through the sticky slime. You follow twisting internal course for what seems like an age and begin to wonder where it might lead. Suddenly you hear a slithering sound up ahead. You freeze with fear, your eyes desperately trying to pierce the pitch black darkness. Before you realize what's happening, you're gripped around the neck by a powerful mantle in the rock club. It is the mate of the rock club you killed that has been attracted by the smell of the blood of your sword. It squeezed hard until your neck snaps like a small twig. Your adventure ends here! Oh, that is some epic level Gygaxian bullshit. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that sucks. Oh, you know, I was afraid that this this book would end like that. This specific book um, would have, like, some really nasty, like, death traps that you fail save, you die, like, AD&D style. Uh, so, yeah, I'm dead. Alphonse, dead. Which I was doing really well until I decided, to, and that's the thing. That's the thing about this one, um, which I don't like. Which kind of goes back to a little bit to the first one, but this one seems to be even worse than than uh, the Warlock of Fire Top Mountain, which was that. Do you want to do this or that? Well, I don't know. Let's do this. Oh, you know, you walk this way and get, like, crushed to death. And it's like, well, how am I supposed to know? And it's like, you're not. You die. And it's like, well, that seems kind of unfair. But, you know, I can understand that, like, these books were meant to, like, you you, you, you would play these books, like, you know, 50 times before you could beat it. You know, it's like a, it was like almost like a puzzle. Uh, but that sucks. That sucks. Alphonse died. You know, it didn't even, didn't even get a chance. Um, you know, rocks fall, everybody dies. Okay, that's Death Trap Dungeon. I didn't, I, I didn't really like that one, uh, cause it's more like a funhouse dungeon, um, where it's just like, yeah, you got a bunch of monsters and stuff hanging out in this dungeon and stuff, which has appeal. I'm more like the Force to Doom, the one I played before, where it's actually like you were going somewhere and doing things and, you know, it had a little bit more stuff. So, uh, so yeah, so that was the Death Trap Dungeon. Nah, forget about it. All right, we'll, we'll we'll do another one next time. I can't remember what the next one is. I'm gonna do, but as with all these, you know, uh, play it till uh, win, beat it, or dead. And then we'll move on to the next one. So I died. So Death Trap Dungeon is over. Next time we're gonna go to the next one, which I think is I can't remember which one it is. I got a couple of them. All right, but you know, eventually you'll see what it is <laughs> if you listen to this. All right, folks. So, so long to Alfranz. He got eaten by a giant, giant worm underground. <laughs> Pathetic. All right, you've been listening to another We Hate Bars podcast. Thanks for listening, folks.